Awesome Podcast. Toot toot. Toot toot, everybody. I'm Big Hal Dottie. And I'm your favorite possum. Yeah, you are. I think. <laughs> You're number one in the ranking at the moment. Yes, I'll take it. I saw a cute little video the other day of some baby possums just crawling around on this little basket. It's possible one of those is going to grow up and take the mantle from you. Ah, the marsupial usurper. <laughs> Could be a, some kind of wrestling drama in there somewhere, don't you think? Oh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that. I can wrestle a little baby. Can I, do I have to wait for him to grow up and challenge me, or can I just dominate him while he's a child? You can do whatever you want. It's the animal kingdom, and I'm told it's pretty rough out there. It is rough out there, although... I got eyes on me. I'm very famous because of this radio show, and I can't be seen wrestling a child. Uh, you're not that famous. Okay, well, in that case, I guess I'll find that baby and, you know, wrestle him before he gets strong. Now, Possum, what about this? What if you wrestle him and he gets stronger because he had to wrestle at such an early age? Oh, that's true. Really, I should baby him. I should drop off soft little plush toys in his house. You should spoil him. Mm-hmm. So he grows up. To be real soft and weak. And there's me waiting. Yeah. In the Thunderdome when he comes of age. Yeah. Oh, yes, I like this very much. You could be my fight manager. What do you think? Well, it sounds like exploitation and cruelty to animals, which I can't be a part of as a public figure. Okay, I guess it is kind of an even grosser version of cockfighting. Or dogfighting, yeah. Yeah, I can see why you wouldn't want to get involved. Well, just don't get in my way. How about that? How about that? Look the other way. Oh, well, I've been doing that my whole life. Toot toot. Toot toot. Well, good morning, Big Hal. Morning. It's <laughs> possum. It's 10 p.m. When will you ever stop mocking my life? Told you I'm ternal. You're nocturnal. Yes. So 10 p.m.'s the morning to you. Oh, it's bright and early. I'm like up early for possums. Do you hear the contradiction? Do you hear the cognitive dissonance there, Mr. Possum? You said bright and early. When it's actually dark and late. I'm just speaking your daywalker language. I know that it's not bright out, you dummy. It's also not morning. It's night. Again, I'm just playing to my audience, and you don't understand the night. You just don't. The other nighttime critters were like, ah, a dark morning to you. It's not morning, though. <laughs> it is to me. Ah, the dark moon greets us. That's what we say. Right. The dark that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the, the notoriously the darkest thing in the night sky, the moon. The dark sun. The dark sun, that's what we call the moon. <laughs> Cause even though it's not dark, it's dark when it comes out. I'm starting to think you've just never had a conversation with another creature and you're just making this whole thing up. Yeah. I guess I just kind of prepare stuff I would say to other critters if that was more social. I'd say, ah, dark morning to you. And they'd go, that's not what we say out here. Hopefully it goes better than that. Hopefully it's not, not all this guff about it and we just have a tight conversation about the night. Some woodchuck out there going, uh, actually, we just say pleasant evening. Uh, this woodchuck's such a nerd. He's not allowed to be in the bad boy club, I'll tell you that. The bad boy club that says morning at night. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the things we do. You put on uh, leather jackets and you slick your hair back and then you say it's morning at nighttime. That's the thrust of the bad boy club. We also do stuff. We'd get into some stuff. Again, all made up, all hypothetical, your bad boy club. 
Look, every club begins as an idea, you know, and you are not invited to the bad boy club, so I, I you save that. that. I, I, felt, I felt sure that I wouldn't be invited into your bad boy club. And you will get jealous pretty quickly when you see the stuff we get into. I guarantee you that. Yep. Wearing our hats sideways, maybe some earrings in our noses, and some skateboards. Saying stuff like, well, that's lunch at 2 a.m. Yeah. That's tight. That's something only we can get away with. Eating breakfast at midnight. Oh, you know that's embroidered on our leather jackets. Breakfast at midnight. Breakfast at midnight. Love that. Well, you don't have to be a bad boy to have breakfast at midnight. That's the funny thing about breakfast is you can have it any time of day, and it's still called breakfast. That's true. Breakfast kind of hops around wherever you want it to be. Well, it's the most important meal of the day, so no matter when you eat it, it's still called breakfast. Well, yeah, you know breakfast is important because it has a bunch of its own mascots. That's true. No other meal has so many liaisons to the meal. I mean, the closest thing dinner has to a mascot is that little glove, that hamburger helper glove. That's true. Dinner only has a piece of a mascot. They haven't built the technology to put together a full dinner mascot. He's just a hand. Just a hand. And I, for one, hope that that hamburger helper hand don't get the rest of his body. It scares me. He's going to have a bunch of different brains. I mean, he's already got a face, which I assume he's got a brain in that hand. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want no creature with a bunch of brains who wants to make me a noodle meal. Every part of his body would have a separate set of eyes. It's horrifying. That is terrifying. I don't like it. Whereas the breakfast mascots... They're all very approachable and fun. Mm-hmm. They're not horrible monsters. Some of them are horrible monsters, but the horrors they create are fruit-based. Yeah, there's a bunch of really good cereal mascots out there, buddy. And tonight, we are going to count down our top five cereal mascots. Oh, yeah, we're going to fill up a bowl of cereal guys and toss them in milk. Ah, radio milk. Which I guess is like the volume on your radio. Yeah, it's probably best not to overthink it. It's just radio milk. <laughs> when we come back, we will have our number five best cereal mascot.
are back. We are counting down our top five favorite cereal mascots tonight. Yes, sir. Mr. Possum. Uh-huh. What's your number five? Number five was an easy one to pick, buddy. It's the Trix Rabbit. You know Trix. Oh, I do. I don't, I don't know if his name is Trix or... I think his name is just Rabbit. <laughs> it is. He's like not you. Trixie. They call him Rabbit. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, I do relate a lot to the Trix Rabbit. All these commercials was about him trying to trick people into giving them food. Yeah. And he'd put on disguises and come up with all sorts of deceptions, but they would always discover them every time. And they, the kids would say stuff like, Silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. And then they'd all laugh and eat the thing that he wanted so much. And it's a real tragic story. I mean, now some, some real nerdy bearded types like to tell you that the tricks rabbit is a modern-day Sisyphus. You know, that old Greek feller that rolls that big meatball up the hill but can't have a bite? Right. But for me, the Trix Rabbit is a kindred spirit. He's a colorful tramp who never gets what he wants. And everyone delights in dangling their treats over his head and watching him slobber over what they get to have. Now, this is interesting. I did a little bit of research, and there was a little while back in the 70s where at the end of the commercial, after all this unsuccessful trickery and bagging, we'd see the rabbit having some cereal that he stashed away for himself. Hmm. Ain't that something? Well, no, it's I, just a different time, I guess. It's the 70s. Yeah. Everybody had a stash. He had a 70s stash. <laughs> toot, toot. Toot, toot. Now, I've got mixed feelings about that. On one hand, good for him for being a resourceful scamp. But on the other hand, I actually don't want to see him get what he wants. Now, why is that? I kinda, it's kind of messed up, isn't it? That is messed up. Does that mean that I'm actually rooting against myself? I think so. Like, if I was watching a story about me, would I be like, don't give him no scraps, he don't want them pizza crusts? I mean, I think if someone were to just see you and come near you and hear you and smell you, they would probably determine that you are rooting against yourself, at least subconsciously. Wow, I did not expect to reach such a psychological breakthrough today. Just talking about some cereal. Mr. Possum, let's think about some of the lessons you might be able to learn from the uh, life of the Trix rabbit. Okay. I think the main lesson to be learned is you got to diversify your mouth options. Okay, right. You got to have lots of different stock options for your mouth. So you're saying you need to have uh, some side hustle. You can't just rely on those two kids and their cereal. See, the rabbit is failing because of brand loyalty. Right. He's got to have the Trix. But if he kind of broke that spell and tried some other stuff, he'd probably be less hungry. If he would settle for, say, some wet crackers on the ground like you would. Exactly. Settle for crackers. Now, Big Hal, what's your number five cereal mascot? Possum, my number five is Captain Crunch. Ah, Captain Crunch. What a classic. The old gentleman himself. Captain Crunch is the mascot for the delicious, addictive, impossibly crunchy cereal Captain Crunch. The cereal that's too crunchy even for the human mouth. Captain Crunch was an 18th century naval captain named Horatio Magellan Crunch. Uh, He sails around on a ship called the Guppy, and you might think from his uniform that he's American or French. Yes, I would assume that, yeah. But Captain Crunch was born on the magical Crunch Island in the Sea of Milk. The Sea of Milk. That's something you don't want to think about too much, right? I don't because there's, you know, there's just a lot of hot sun on that Sea of Milk. Be a lot of hot sun. I don't think the fishing would be too good unless they've got their own kind of milk-based fish, which maybe that would be delicious. Maybe you're just fishing for marshmallows in there. I just think that milk sea would be gross. It'd be all chunky. It would get chunky. And it'd smell terrible. Yeah. And the flies. 
Oh, the flies. That's probably why he became a ship's captain, is to escape and see other parts of the world that didn't smell like rotten milk. Probably. Well, I guess it could work if the sea of milk is extra, extra cold. Ah, so it's like an Arctic region. Yeah. Now, Possum, according to Crunch Facts, which is a, a news outlet dedicated to Captain Crunch, Horatio Magellan Crunch has a perfect 200 IQ. What? This is, I believe, the only serial mascot with a perfect 200 IQ. And you're kind of wasting his brains on this mindless cereal pushing? I don't know. He's convinced a lot of people to eat cereal that hurts their mouth, so... That's true. I can't even eat Cap'n Crunch. That's his, that's his genius, really. Now, I've never talked to someone with a 200 IQ before, but I get the impression from talking to people with high, very, very high IQs, higher than even mine, Mr. Possum, that it would be hard to talk to someone with a 200 IQ. I bet it would, because your mouth is all ripped up from that crunchy cereal. It's injured. It's difficult to speak. And he counts on that. Horatio Crunch became so tired of hearing the mindless ramblings of sub-200 IQ human beings, he developed a cereal that would hurt their mouths to shut them up. Mr. Possum, what's your number four? Well, my number four is another classic. It's Lucky the Leprechaun. This guy always brings a smile to my face. Look at him. You know, yeah. the little button nose. and He's got a bunch of stuff to show you. Mm -hmm. Now, Lucky Charms, I don't know if you knew this, was the first cereal to mix in marshmallows. Did you know he's also known as Sir Charms? Sir Charms. Sir Charms. He's a knight of the realm. So I guess he's a knight. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. If we're talking medieval people and stuff, I think he's more of a warlock than a knight. Well, Le a leprechaun has powers, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they got powers. But listen, like these marshmallows, they're meant to represent Lucky's magical charms. Mm -hmm. Each with their own special meaning or power. Okay. So this is occult stuff, Mr. Possible. It's occult, yes. The hearts represent a power that brings things to life. Oh, wow. Dark magic. That's very dark magic. The shooting stars, power to fly. Mm, warlock stuff. Yeah. You know? Horseshoes, the power to speed and slow down time. Now, why? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Why? Slow down time. Why would you need to do that so early in the morning? Well, yeah, why would Lucky, why would a cereal mascot need to do that? I think he's up to stuff. Maybe he's just speeding up the time in between breakfasts. That's true. I wish I could speed up my life in between meals. Oh, that's just really just filler. Mm -hmm. That's filler. The green clovers, uh, it's luck. But you never know what kind of luck you will get. It could be bad luck. Could luck, you know, that trick your wish master. Yeah, there's as much. 
I hear there's as much good luck in magic as there is bad luck. They balance each other out. It's chaos. Mm-hmm. It's just nuts. No nuts and lucky charms, though, just marshmallows. <laughs> toot, toot. Toot, toot. Now, the blue moons is the power of invisibility. Oh, wow, that's very sinister. I mean, he's sneaking around. He's watching you. Who knows where he is? All this stuff's real. You can go look it up. Rainbows. Instantaneous travel from place to place. What? Mm-hmm. He's, this little guy's teleporting. Yeah. Well, why would you need to fly and teleport? I don't know. See? Maybe one's just forgetting the view of something. Yeah, for pictures. He's taking pictures. He has a side hustle as a camera drone for, for movies. Red balloons. The power to make things float. Well, that sounds like that sounds like something out of it. It does. It does. That's Pennywise the Clown stuff. You think about the bottom of every cereal bowl. There's this little leprechaun saying, we all float down here. Yeah, exactly. And the unicorn. It's bizarre. It says unicorns can cleanse water with a touch of their horn, heal whatever troubles you, and always know when you are telling the truth. That sounds like good, honest magic there. Just purifying water. You know what doesn't make water cleaner? Sugar cereal with marshmallows. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying. They put a lot of thought into these marshmallows. And then the moon marshmallow, the last one. This is the weirdest one, dog. The power to change alternate gravity. The power to change alternate gravity. What does that mean? Not ultimate gravity. You didn't say ultimate gravity. Alternate. You said alternate gravity. Alternate. So it's like in Mega Man where he goes past the arrow and suddenly he's standing on the ceiling. Is that alternate gravity? I guess. It's what uh, uh, Lionel Richie was talking about. Dancing on the ceiling. Yes. Mm -hmm. So alternate gravity in the worlds of Lionel Richie and Mega Man, the, the moon from Lucky Charms allows you to manipulate that? I guess. Huh. Big Hal, what's your number four? My number four cereal mascot is Snap, Crackle, Pop. Now, these guys have been around forever, dating back to the 1930s. Possum, would you like me to read from Snap, Crackle, Pop's Wikipedia page? I love being read to from Wikipedia pages, of course. Here we go. There's a little information about Snap, Crackle, Pop. Snap is usually portrayed with a chef's toque on his head. What's a toque? A toque is that long cylindrical hat that chefs wear that they can uh, knock stuff off a top shelf into their hand with. Ah, that's what it's for. It's clever. Crackle is often shown wearing a red or striped Tom Tay's toque. Now, Tom Tay's toque was one of Frodo's friends, right? <laughs> I think so. Yes. Or sleeping cap. Oh, sleeping cap, like Scrooge. Yeah. Okay. That's, a, that's called a Tom Tay's toque according to the Snap, Crackle, Pop Wikipedia page. Wow, okay. And Pop often wears a drum major's shako. What's a shako? Well, Mr. Possum, that's a military hat with a brim and a plume or a pom-pom. Not sure why you would wear that to concoct a puffed rice cereal, unless they're small, right, Mr. Possum? Oh, yeah, they're the size of the cereal, I think. I think they float around on them like they're pool floaties. So maybe there's a so maybe these different hats have protective quality because sometimes that rice will blow up when they're when they're puffing it out. Sometimes Pop is seen also with a chef's toque or an odd combination of both Shaco and Toke. Shaco and Toke. <laughs> Surprising the level to which a hat fetishist would find the Snap Crackle Pop Wikipedia page satisfying. Yes, it would make them pop for sure.
Mr. Possum, what's your number three? Well, my number three is none other than Toucan Sam. Toucan Sam. Yes, the lovable bird that sells you Fruit Loops. Yep. Known for having two cans. I like Toucan Sam because he lives by a, a code that I also live by. What's that code? Follow your nose, baby. Oh, yeah. Now, he follows his nose to the delicious fruity scent of cereal. I follow my nose to stink. I live my life nose first, just like old Toucan Sammy. Now, when Toucan Sam sees those stink lines coming, is he hunting those Fruit Loops, or are they already in a bowl? Are they already prepared? Now, I can't imagine that Toucan Sam pours his own bowl of cereal. I think that Fruit Loops are found in the wild, in the jungle, in bowls. In bowls. In bowls, yes. They're like, the bowl is like the nest where the Fruit Loops live. It's like he's stealing... Eggs. Eggs, yeah. So Fruit Loops are somebody's eggs. Yeah, Toucan Sam's a predator. It's more like a weasel or something, because weasels just, you know, sneak around and steal eggs. That's true. See, that's another reason why I like Toucan Sam. I, too, am kind of a weasel. You're kind of a weasel. You know? You're very close. So it sounds like you better eat your Fruit Loops pretty fast, because they're going to hatch into some jungle creature, and we've never even seen what that jungle creature is, because Toucan Sam is so good at finding those bowls. Right. Toucan Sam is doing us a great service by... Keeping those baby Fruit Loops from growing and turning mm. into a big, colorful, hungry monster. Just all mouth. Just a big loop that could probably swallow a man whole, you know? Like a hula hoop that eats you from the hips up. Big Al, what's your number three? My number three cereal mascot is King Vitamin. Ah, King Vitamin. Long live the king. Yep. You've seen this guy, Mr. Possum. A lot of cereal mascots are animals or outsized archetypes. Here we just have an old man on a box of cereal. So what's he the king of? Did they ever give King Vitamin a country? Did King Vitamin have laws? I don't know. Let's check out the Wikipedia page. Oh, great. King Vitamin was a brand of sweetened breakfast cereal produced by Quaker Oats and sold in the United States. The cereal entered the marketplace in 1968 and changed mascots several times. The cereal was discontinued in 2019, according to Quaker Oats. So R.I.P. to the king. Oh, I was hoping he would live long. Now, the commercials featured King Vitamin, voiced by character actor Joe Flynn, and his knights, Sir Laugh It Up and Sir Cravenly. <laughs> Sorry, I was just gave me a chuckle. Pretty good, pretty yeah. good. And their foes, the Blue Baron and the Not-So-Bright Knight. Subsequent non-animated advertisements ended with the jingle inviting children to have breakfast with the king. That's weird, right, old man? I think it's kind of like if you're a child and you're in bed and your parents are like, wake up, it's time, have breakfast with the king. I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm not dressed right, my breath is bad, my hair is messed up, uh, maybe you should warn me. I'm having breakfast with a king. I think it's time for Sir Laugh-It Up to step up and take the crown. The, the throne is empty, Big Owl. King Vitamin, the cereal, is not fruitful, and neither was King Vitamin. Therefore, he has no successor. Oh, toot toot. Toot toot. Big Owl and Possum, brave, strong, and awesome. Speaking truths and tootin' toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, two good boys who men hollering. We'll comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad. 
Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard you went to an art museum this week. I did. I didn't know you were into art. Yeah, I've been getting real into the big Baroque figure. Ah, so you like Caravaggio. Who's that? Uh, Bernini. Who now? You like Rembrandt? Rubens? Never heard of it, Al. Well, who'd you go see? I saw that old Greek lady whose arms fell off. What? Venus de Milo? Yeah, she's my favorite broke figure. Toot toot. Toot toot. Hey, Big Al. Yes, Mr. Possum? I heard you had some trouble this week with your motorcycle. Of course I did. What happened to it, old buddy? It's just not running right. Isn't it brand new? Yes, it is. What's wrong with it? Well, like I said, it's not running right. Is it too loud? No, it sounds just fine. Is it too slow? No, she's got speed. Well, is it two? Yeah, it's two. Huh? It's two. It's two what? It's two wheels. Dang thing keeps falling over. Two, two. <laughs> two, two. Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard you went fishing this weekend. I did. How'd it go? Awful. What? You didn't catch any fish? I did, but I threw them all back. Hungry little possum like you throwing fish back. What happened? Well, the first fish I caught, I pull them off the hook, and I'm about to bonk them on the head. Right, the humane thing to do. Mm-hmm. And this dang fish goes, please, Mr. Possum, please throw me back in the water, for I cannot die today. Wow. And I said, what you talking about, fish? And the fish said, today is my son's birthday, and I have been a deadbeat father for much of the boy's life. And I must make it up to him today and go to his birthday party. Wow, that is a compelling reason. Right. He got me with the redemption story right in my heart. So I let him go. Good for you. So then I catch another fish. And I pull it off the hook. I'm about to bonk his little head. And it says, please, Mr. Possum, please throw me back in the water for I cannot die today. Oh, boy. And I'm like, again? Come on, what is it, fish? And he says, Mr. Possum, at this very moment, I was on my way to the trial of the fish that murdered my wife. And the district attorney says, without my testimony, there can be no conviction. Please let me go and put this horrible murderer away for good. They got jails down there? So I'm like, man, this one's got me with a story even more compelling than the first one. So I let him go, too. That's nice of you. So then I cast my reel for a third time. Again, I catch a fish. I'm good at fishing. And again, I'm about to smash that fish with my fish hammer when he says, please, Mr. Possum, please throw me back in the water for I cannot die today. Holy cow, another one. I said, I'm getting tired of these fish stories. This one better be good. And the fish said, Mr. Possum, my people have worked for centuries on a monument to commemorate our struggles. It is truly a sight to behold and nearly completed. But due to unsafe working conditions and long hours, a a labor dispute has sprung up. And I believe I am the only fish trusted enough by both the administration and the workers to resolve this issue. If you don't let me go, I fear this testament will fall into ruin and our history will be lost. You know, I was not expecting something like that from a fish. Me neither. And I said, a labor dispute, huh? So you guys are union? And the fish goes, Union? No, we're guild. Toot toot. Toot toot. Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and awesome. Speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, both bound for poppers' coffins. We'll comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad.
Mr. Possum, who's your number two? My number two cereal mascot is Count Chocula. Ooh. Definitely my favorite of the monster cereal guys. Mm -hmm. I don't like Yummy Mummy because he's dry. Sure. And I don't like to support the dry. And Fruit Brute is just a dog. Just a dog. He's just a dog. I see him all the time, big whoop. Frankenberry, he grosses me out. Frankenberry grosses you out. Well, it's just that I can't get over the fact that he's a bunch of dug-up dead people sewn together. I thought he was a bunch of dug-up dead fruits sewn together. Even grosser. He looks like he could be, uh... He looks like you could just chomp a little bite out of him and he would taste like a fruit roll-up or something. I guess, but I think if a bunch of dead fruit was sewn together, it'd be all sour and mushy. Right. Now, Count Chocula, he's not gross. He's got style. Yeah. Look at him. He drinks chocolate milk every day, and he's happy about it. Chocolate milk just flowing through his veins. Mm-hmm. Of all the cereal guys, this is the one that I would actually like to be. Well, he's a count. He's got money. Yeah, he's got money. He's a homeowner. He's got a castle. Mm-hmm. And I like the pun of Count Chocula. He's like Dracula, but with chocolate. Oh, I've never thought about that before. Let me ask you this, Mr. Possum. Uh, if, if Count Chocula is like Dracula, does he have the same weaknesses as Dracula? Is he allergic to garlic? Is he scared of crosses, uh, holy water, that kind of thing? He's definitely got the garlic thing. Okay. Because you don't ever see garlic in our breakfast cereal. Not even not. in the weird hippie owl. <laughs> not even the Kashi friends will mess with garlic. Not even Kashi putting garlic in cereal, baby. <laughs> That's true. Big Al, what's your number two cereal guy? My number two is the Corn Man. Now, this is a bit of a throwback to my, uh, to my childhood. See, when I was a kid, we didn't have these sugary, highfalutin, fancy cereals. We had corn in a box. Do you remember corn in a box, Mr. Possum? Of course you wouldn't. No, I don't think I ever had corn in a box. That's what it was called, and that's what we got. Raw kernels of corn in a box. And we mixed it with whole milk, and we ate it. And we were grateful for it, Mr. Possum. And the corn man was the mascot. And he was this mysterious corn clown who lived in the cornfields and only emerged to give people money and candy when the corn reached the height you couldn't see over. You got to trust the corn clown. That's a big part of it. That's a tall order for children. Yeah. It is. It would say that on the box. It would say, trust the corn clown. He sounds like an ancient being. Corn's getting high. Hop on in the corn and trust the corn clown to bring you some money. And that we would read that and laugh to each other while we tried to mash up raw corn kernels and milk in our teeth. I don't know how I didn't hear about this guy. I'd like to hear more about the, the lore of Corn Man. Well, Mr. Possum, it just so happens I have a song about the Corn Man. I hope I learned something. I'd like to be able to trust the Corn Man. This is Hal Dottie featuring Tony Robot with Corn Man. Everybody. 
everybody loves it. Everybody wants to meet the man in the corn. Tonight is the night at the stroke of midnight. We're all gonna spread out and get lost in the corn. He's gonna tell your future. He'll guess your weight and height. He's gonna bring you money and candy and surprise. It's gonna be a party all night in the corn. Yeah, nothing bad will happen of that. I'm assured. Everybody's coming in the corner. Everybody's coming in the corner. 
Uh, we're down to our number one. It's the big one, baby. Oh, yes. Numero uno. The mascot you've been waiting for. My number one is Cookie Crook and the Cookie Cop. <laughs> of course it is. It was a real cops and robbers drama plan. I love to see that stuff. Yeah. You really cared, you know? You remember that commercial for Cookie Crisp where Cookie Crook and Cookie Cop meet up for a cup of coffee? And it's this epic face-to-face scene. The commercial was like 10 minutes long. They interacted as people, and you could tell they kind of liked each other some. You know, Cookie Cop is like, you know, my life is a disaster zone. I got this stepdaughter real messed up because her real father is a real deadbeat. Got a wife. We're passing each other on the downslope of a marriage. My third. Because I spend all my time chasing guys like you around the block. That's my life. And then the cookie crook is like, a guy told me one time, don't get yourself attached to anything you can't walk out on in 30 seconds. If you feel the heat coming around the corner. If you're on me and you got to move when I move, how do you expect to keep a marriage? And then Cookie Cop is like, you know, we're sitting here, you and I, just like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do, and I do what I got to do. Now that we've been face-to-face, if I'm there and I got to put you away, I won't like it. But I tell you, if it's between you and some poor feller whose wife you're going to turn into a widow, brother, you are going down. And then Cookie Crook is like, (laughs) there's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in and I got to put you down? Because no matter what, you won't get in my way. We've been face-to-face, yeah, but I will not hesitate, not for a second. Now that is a serial commercial, Big Al. And then they just both turned to the camera and went, Cookie Chris. This cereal tastes like cookies. And we're back talking our top five cereal mascots. Big Howl, what is your number one? My number one is Big Howl. What the heck you say? Big Howl is my number one cereal mascot. Does that surprise you, Mr. Possum? It does surprise me. It does. Because you're just a man. I'm also a cereal mascot. This summer I've been hard at work on a new cereal. It's called Howlin' Oats. Okay, are you a wolf or something? No, it's just me. Big Hal, the toughest guy in all of town. And if you eat Howlin' Oats, you can be that tough too. Well, maybe not quite as tough as me, but pretty tough. Howlin' Oats are a good source of zinc, iron, manganese, neon, unobtainium. Unobtainium? That's right, 3%. 3% of your daily value of unobtainium. Ooh. And many of the other minerals that you need to get through your terrible, boring day. You got a jingle for it? I do have a jingle for it. Can I hear it? I think you can. Oh, yes. I always get what I want. Here's Big Howl. By me. Big Howl. Big Howl. Big Howl. Big Howl. Well, if you follow that main road out to just north of town, you'll find an unstoppable man by the name of Howl. Folks come from near and far to try to take him down. But nobody's man enough. Nobody stands as tough and rough as Big Howl. He's the toughest guy in all of town. Big Howl. 
One time someone tried to hit Big Hal with a bat. But when it hit Hal's powerful frame, it just snapped in half. One time someone tried to tie him down with a chain. But he broke that chain. And he rose again. Big Hal. He's the toughest guy in all of town. But he's strong as an elephant, sharp as a nail. He can run like an antelope and swim like a whale. He can sneak up on you, never make a sound. He's the toughest guy in all of town. Big Hal. He's got the strength to lift a Chevy van. Incredible grip strength here on tape. Eyesight perfect and his voice is loud. He's the toughest guy in all of town. Big Hal. Someone once hit Hal right in the chin with brass knuckles. But Hal just took that punch with a grin and then chuckled. If you try to come at Hal with a pool cue, his next shot he'll line up and hit with you, dude. Someone came at Hal with a switchblade knife. So Hal crashed his funeral and left with his wife. Someone came at Hal with nunchucks. He swung that kid around like a dumb schmuck. Someone locked Hal in the bathroom. And he shouted loud and someone came pretty soon. A gang of thugs hopped up on drugs. Once cornered Hal in a bar. But Hal just shook his head and laughed. Taught those boys some fist math. Fist math, you know. He, he beat him up. Big Hal. He's the toughest guy in all of town. Big he's built out of steel with a big old brain. And he's never made a mistake or felt any pain. His butt sheets are each geometrically round. He's the toughest guy in all of town. Big hundred fights a year, but he stands tall. And he's never had to go to any doctors at all. I can't imagine death would ever take him down. He's the toughest guy in all of town. They say his feet hold down the very ground. He's confident, but not a bad amount. He's the toughest guy in all of town. Big Hall. Big Hall. Big Hall. Big Hall. Big Hall. It's looking like it's time to hit the old hay, Mr. Possum. Yeah, that old hay pal does a call, don't it? It sure does. Thanks for listening. I'm Big Hal Dottie. I'm just a talking possum. Toot toot, everyone. Have a great week. Toot toot. The Big Hal and Possum Podcast. Toot toot.